you would turn to 1 Kings chapter 17, <clears throat> I have been enjoying myself. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, go ha- and have a good time today, if you call it a good time, when you went uh, with a couple men here, a missionary and men of the church, got to play a little bit of golf, if that's what you call it. If you score 111 and you still have all the clubs in your bag, God is doing a work in your life. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we had a good time, and I just appreciate the church, the spirit of the church. That song was awesome, ladies, and uh, the presentation. Thank you, brother, and just everything. I'm going to be using some of the verses that I used the other night, but, you know, it's amazing how we can read the uh, same verses over and over, and God will give you different things out of those verses. And uh, the title of the message I have tonight is, Does Difficult Times Change the Will of God? Does Difficult Times Change the Will of God? First Kings chapter 17, we're going to read several verses Here this evening, starting in verse 1, it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and it, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according uh, unto the word of the Lord, for, the, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, and that is by, uh, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass while, after a while, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow, a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the, to the gate of the, of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel and, uh, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, He called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go and, and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die." And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring 
it unto me, and after make for thee and thy and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail unto the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elisha, and she and and he and her, her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you again for tonight. Lord, I just thank you for your word that speaks to our heart. God, I pray tonight that you would just uh, move again in our midst. God, I pray you would use me. God, give me the words to say. Help me not to say anything that that you wouldn't have said tonight. God, we love you. I pray you'd challenge our hearts and that we would uh, leave here different than we came in. God, just uh, bless this message. Use it for your honor and glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, I was faced with... uh, a difficult decision to make concerning the future as being a missionary in Bolivia. Uh, we were we were uh, there and we were excited about being missionaries. And many of you know that my wife at that time, Angie, was uh, sick, had been sick for 19 years. She was sick when we went to Bolivia. Many of people had uh, had questioned us uh, our our decisions of going to Bolivia. We're like. Why would you take off and go to another country when your wife is sick and, and those things? And, you know, we have some of the better uh, uh, ways of treating here in the United States. And we just felt like it was the call of God. And, and, and that was the direction God had for us. And so, you know, those other things didn't really matter. We just took off and did what uh, God, we felt like the Lord would have for us. But... She was sick, and at this time in our life, she was in a wheelchair and and uh, couldn't walk. And, you know, I pretty much had to do everything for her, not able to do much. We were seeking God's uh, direction. We had to leave the the area where we had started a church and, and was working and had planned to stay for many, many more years in that area. We had to leave that area because... She, on top of the other sicknesses that she had, she, she uh, got tuberculosis. And so uh, uh, for many circumstances, we had to leave that area and go to another area in, in Bolivia. But we were praying about where we might start the next church. And uh, praying about different areas in, in uh, maybe Santa Cruz. That's where we were living at that time. Praying about maybe in the jungle. And as we were praying, we had a world map just uh, laid out and praying about different areas. And, and, and it just seemed like the Lord was closing doors and, and we couldn't get uh, clarity, uh, direction of where we, we should maybe start that next church there in Bolivia. And so we began to pray for other countries. And, uh, you know, we already spoke Spanish or halfway spoke Spanish. And so we were praying about Mexico. We found out that there was a, uh, when we first went to Bolivia, we felt called to La Paz, the capital city, and we found out that there was a La Paz, uh, Mexico, and it's on the beach, and we thought maybe we, we, we missed our calling and we were supposed to go to the Baja, you know, and, and go to the beach, and, 
And, uh, but as we were praying, we prayed for Peru, we prayed all over South America, what, what would it be that God would have for us to, where, where would He have for us to go? And, and uh, we were just praying and praying, and it just seemed like God just didn't give us peace about anything. I talked to my pastor, which was Pastor Claude Slade at that time there in Arkansas, and I talked to him and asked him to pray for us, and he said, Brother, have you ever thought about coming back to the States and starting a Spanish church? And uh, we said, uh, no, sir, we hadn't. We, you know, uh, that is not something that we would like to do. <laughs> we enjoy being missionaries. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of missionaries that uh, are maybe looking for reasons to come back to the States, but we're not one of them. We enjoy being missionaries. We enjoy being on the field. Even though that my wife was sick and those things, we were... We were just uh, praying that God would give us another place to serve on the mission field. My pastor, he said, you know, I'm not asking you to come back to the States. I'm just asking you to pray about it. And, uh, and so I said, yes, okay, we'll do that. But I knew that that was not the will of God for our life. And so we began to pray about it, asking the Lord what He might have us do. And as we prayed it was obvious that God wanted us to come back to the United States and start a Spanish church. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't understand the will of God. Sometimes we don't understand, even though my heart was on the mission field, I, I couldn't understand why the Lord would move me back to the States whenever the mission field needs missionaries. But after much prayer, we felt like it was obvious coming back to the United States was, was what God had for us. Why am I sharing this with you? Is because God's will didn't change for our life because of difficult circumstances. And I believe that God's will doesn't change in our life because of difficult circumstances. We didn't return to the States because of my wife's health at that time. We returned to the States because God's will was for us to return to the States. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the things that are going on in, in, in America right now, the, the difficult things, the, uh, just, you know, the, the food prices and all the things that, that we can see, housing, utilities, and and uh, gas, and all the expenses. But just because there's difficulties, sometimes we'll make a decision to step out by faith and, and uh, uh, want to do more for God and missions, and then more difficulties arise. And that might happen this year. We don't know what, what stands in front of us this year, but uh, as you begin to pray and ask God for His will in your life and begin to search uh, what He would have you do for missions this year, if difficult circumstances come in your life, doesn't mean that God's will changed. Sometimes we don't understand the circumstances. We don't understand the will of God in our life. I know uh, we didn't understand leaving Bolivia because we wanted to live there. We wanted, our hearts were there. Sometimes God tells us no about situations in our life. 
You know, I preached a message, and I was praying about preaching that message tonight. I'll share a few things about it, but uh, when I preach a message on, on the word no and how that we have no problem using the word no, you know, we don't mind telling our kids uh, no. I remember my dad, he's probably watching tonight, uh, I remember my dad telling me no several times, and I, I'm like in mid-sentence asking something, and he already said no. And I'm thinking, you don't even know what I'm asking yet. And now I do the same things with my kids, amen? And, and, uh, but we, we use the word, and, but we don't like for somebody to use the word towards us. We don't like for pastor to tell us, I don't think that's a good idea for you to go that direction or do this. Or, or, or uh, our parents tell us, you know, I don't want you to hang around these people. Or, or, you know, we don't like to hear the word no in our lives. I remember my wife being very sick and, and uh, we had many, many men of God, many great churches pray for her. And after, uh, after coming back to the States and now in my life, I can just see the hand of God, how He, uh, uh, it, it was all in His plan for me to come back. And, but in the time, I didn't understand it. In the time, I felt like uh, He was telling me no about not being able to stay in Bolivia and, and, and I didn't understand His plan. But you know, we don't have to understand His plan. We just have to be obedient to His plan. And looking back, I can see the, the hand of God, how, that, how He was merciful and graceful to allow us to have some time here in the States with Angie's family and allow her to be able to see family uh, before passing, uh, passing away. And then I didn't even know my mom was sick when I came back to the United States. But once we found out that she was sick, it wasn't very long after that that the Lord took her home. But now I look back and I thank God for His will bringing me back to this place even though I didn't understand and had a little time with my mom. God's good to us. We don't have to understand the situations. You know, I thought of, uh, I was really, after, after uh, Angie passed away, I was really depressed, but I didn't have time to think about the situation. I didn't have time to, to uh, just dwell on the things that were happening in my life because I was pastoring a church. Taking care of other people. And I preached a message one day on this subject on no, and, and one of the, the, the verses that I used was about David and Bathsheba and how that they had a child and that child uh, was sick and was, was uh, dying. And the Bible says that David prayed and he fasted and he, and he, and he, uh, uh, he, he wept. And then the servant said that the child passed. And after the child passed, the Bible says that David got up and he, and he went and he washed himself and he ate. And the servants looked at him and was like, what are you doing? You've been 
weeping and fasting and praying. And David said, I can't change the answer that God gave me. I can't go and, and bring this young man back. And while I was preaching that, it was just like the Lord said, I left you here for a reason. David, David saw that, that he, didn't, he didn't understand the situation. They had prayed and wept and, and asked God for an answer. But God's answer was not the answer that he wanted, but David accepted. That's something that I think we need to realize in our life. Sometimes God will tell us no. Sometimes God... But you know, He is, he is up there and He's able to see things that we are unable to see. Difficult circumstances doesn't change the will of God. Let's look at some of the verses here that we just read. Verse, verse 3, uh, uh, God sent uh, Elijah and hides him at, at the brook. You know, that was God's will that he be at the brook at that time. He probably didn't understand why he was there. Why didn't he send me somewhere else? Why am I here all by myself? Then the brook dried up where God had sent him. That, that situation changed and, and the brook dried up. But I think that God just wanted Elijah to be 100% dependent on him. Then he sends him to a widow woman. You know, it just amazes me how God could have sent him to the richest man in town, gave him a good place to sleep. And all those things, but send him to somebody else in need. In verse 11, it talks about, she says, uh, uh, he says, go and get me some water and a cake. You know, it was a sacrifice to give water during that time because they didn't have any water. They, they hadn't rained. And then asking for a cake, he was asking to give all. Are you willing to give all tonight? I'm not saying that you might have to, but if God asks for it, are you willing to give all? In verse 14 it says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The bearer of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Who's in control of the rain? The Lord. He said, I, I have put some things in, in place to take care of you until I send rain. Sometimes we don't understand the situations that are going on in our life. The, the, the process, but, but He has a plan. In verse 15... We see that she was obedient. It says, and she went and did. She was obedient. Verse 17 talks about, we didn't read that verse, but it talks about her son died. 
Sometimes in the middle of being obedient, there's difficult circumstances. In the middle of our trials, there's difficult circumstances, but God wants us to continue to be obedient. When we're obedient, we can see the blessings of God. Elijah's protection was not from hardships or trials, but through them. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, I, that's the Lord, I will be with thee. And through the, wa- through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt, neither shall a flame kindle upon thee. Difficult circumstances doesn't change the will of God. Abraham was asked to give his son. That was the son that God was going to use to make a great nation. So I imagine in the mind of Abraham, he didn't understand the circumstances. He didn't understand how God was going to make this work or how it was going to all pan out, but he said, I'm going to be obedient to what God's asking. Job lost everything. A man that was was serving the Lord. A man that was, was honoring God with his life lost it all. Only for God to show Himself mighty again in His life. We still, be, we still talk about Job. Job has helped many a people. Daniel, in the middle of difficult circumstances, continued to pray each day. It didn't change the will of God in his life. Just because there was a decree that he was, you know, he was, he knew the, he knew the, the, uh, the consequences. For continuing praying. We talked about the children of Israel facing the Red Sea the other day. Didn't look like there was a way out. God, why would you? Take us out of this place. Take us away from slavery. And then let us get killed out here. God said, I'm about to open up the sea. (laughs) I'm about to show you something you had never seen before. Number one tonight, God's plan is perfect. God's plan is perfect. His plan of salvation is perfect. We can't, we can't improve on it. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 14.6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. No exceptions. His way is perfect. Romans 
10, 9 through 13, it says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon him, or shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's plan of salvation is perfect. It was God's will for Elijah to be at the brook. It's God's will for you to be here tonight. Every one of us tonight has something, you know, uh, uh, something that God wants to give us. I remember years ago, I think I shared this with you years, years ago, uh, I was flying back to the United States from Bolivia, and the food in Bolivia is not to be desired for me. When I come back to the States, I look forward to eating. Look forward to eating. And when I got on that plane and and just being hungry, hadn't eaten that day, and being hungry, and they, they served a ham sandwich that day on the plane. And normally, you know, if you're here in the United States and you're flying that way, and you get a ham sandwich, you're like, hmm. But I, I ate that ham sandwich, and, and I remember this. It was, it was awesome. It was like the best ham sandwich I ever had. <laughs> you know what? I, I think sometimes when we come to church, we come to church full. If you come to church with a hunger, it's going to be good. God's going to give you something. It's not a mistake that you're here tonight. It was God's will. It was His plan. His plan to reach the world with the gospel is perfect. We don't need to change anything. Matthew 28 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We don't need to change that. It still works. Are you involved in it? He says, go ye, teach. Who are you teaching tonight? If you hadn't been involved in Faith Promise here at East River Baptist Church, I would challenge you to step out by faith this year and see what God can do. You know... Uh, you can't give to faith promise until you're giving your tithe. Amen? you got to... I, I, I think new Christians sometimes, they look at the card and, and they say, oh man, we got the church, we got the church building, we got the tithe, and we got the missions. 
you know, I'll just take that 10% and just split it up between all these, these three. And, and in reality, some, some people do it. It's an honest mistake. But that's not God's will. The tithe is for the church. And it's above the tithe that we give our missions. Through our missions, we're able to show our love to God. Through our offerings, we're able to show our love for God. And in difficult circumstances, it doesn't change God's will that you need to stop tithing or giving your missions. God is still on His throne. His plan still works. He's not, uh, just because of difficult circumstances, He's not looking for a new plan. God's plan is perfect. God's provision is present. In verse 4, where we read at the beginning there in Kings, And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. God's provision is uh, present. Uh, And in verse 9 it says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. You know, when I was raising support to come to Bolivia, these verses were a blessing to me because God just, He called me to go, so He's going he's gonna, to uh, provide the means for me to get there. Amen? Sometimes we worry about those things, but as we're obedient, God opens up the doors. And God begins to prepare. And you know, I just felt like God has commanded this church over here to get behind Kenneth Elsie to send him to Bolivia. God has commanded this church over here. And you know, when that church is is obedient, when those ravens are obedient, God's will is accomplished. (laughs) Talked about how, how the other day I talked about how that Kenzie went to the hospital and had that big bill and how that a church provided before, before we even knew that she was going to go to the hospital. God commanded a church. When we came back to the United States, we had gotten rid of all of our stuff there in Bolivia. Pretty much gave away everything that we had. We came to the United States. We didn't have nothing here in the United States. One thing, my my mom, every time I came to visit uh, Bolivia, I mean, came back to visit the United States, my mom would say, we still got your stuff in the attic. And it was like shampoo that churches gave us, you know, those little, those little shampoos and soaps. And my mom didn't like to throw anything away. And so, I mean, ten years later, we still got shampoos and soap. But in reality, we didn't have anything here in the States. We didn't have a car. We didn't have, we didn't have furniture. We didn't have, uh, uh, we didn't have anything here. And when we came back here, one of the churches that you know here in this area, we went in and preached. I think it was on a Wednesday night. And after the service, the pastor asked me to step out in the the back of the church, and so I did, and or we did, our family. 
Came back in, they said, Brother Elsie, we just want to be a blessing to you. And they gave us $20,000. God commanded. How many times has God commanded you to do something and you didn't do it? Because I, I have no doubt that church was blessed by being a blessing to me. <laughs> when, you, when you get commanded to do something, you're obedient. God blesses you too. Abraham followed the Lord and took his son Isaac up the mountain to, to sacrifice his son. And God commanded a ram. Commanded a ram. God talks to the animals. <laughs> it amazes me. I mean, we look at, 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 at our resources and we think there's, just, it, there's no way that, that this whatever's going to be possible for me to get out of this situation. And God just wants us to continue to be obedient. Difficult circumstances doesn't change the will of God. God's plan is perfect. God's provision is present. God's power is all-powerful. We talked about this in verse 4. He, he, he commands the ravens to carry the food. He, a widow woman that has nearly nothing, God used her to be a blessing to the man of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, it says, and God is able. That's good, isn't it? Yes, and God is able to make all grace abound to, toward you. That ye always having all sufficient sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God is all powerful. <laughs> there is nothing that can hold him back. Your situation is not a problem for him. If he doesn't answer it the way you want it to be answered, you have to be okay when God says no in your life. You have to be... That, that helped me in my life. That, that helped me to realize that... that uh, you know, I mean, we do the same thing with our kids. We tell our kids no. Why? Because of... Because we can see things that might hinder them or, or, or how things might better them if we say no. Uh, if they just eat candy all the time, you know, then, then that's not a good thing. We may never understand some of the things that, the reasons God tells us no in our life until we get to heaven. But it doesn't matter. Because he's always good and he's always right. Always good. You know what? God doesn't make any mistakes. Never has and never will. God is all powerful. Jesus was born of a virgin, changed water into wine, healed a leper, he raised up the man with the palsy and healed the withered hand, raised the dead to life, calmed the storm on the sea, 
walked on water, healed the deaf, caused the blind to see, cast out demons, fed the 5,000, went to the cross and was crucified, buried and rose again three days later for our sin. What is it that you feel He can't handle in your life? Difficult circumstances doesn't change God's will. It's God's will and plan to get the gospel around the world. And He wants to do it with you. He wants to use... That is an honor. That He wants you... He has confidence in you. You know, we were talking about the other day, many of us may not have all the verses we know to, to tell somebody, or, or that we should know to tell somebody about Christ. But you know what? If you can just tell somebody what He did for you, it's sufficient. I'll finish with this, and I believe I shared this with you years ago. I've had the opportunity to travel up and down the rivers there in Bolivia and preach on a lot of uh, uh, villages all over Bolivia and one time I was going on a trip and one of the men said, you know, about three years ago I passed through here and there was a man that had been snake bitten. On the Brazil side, we were traveling down the river, the Bolivia on one side, Brazil on the other side, and he said, yeah, I went into this little town and, and uh, looking for ice, stopped there in and, and, and a, a little store and, and asked the lady for ice and he said, I gave her a track. And she asked me if I was a Christian. I said, yeah. And she said, could you pray for my husband? He's been bitten by a poisonous snake. He's dying in our home. And so he, this uh, preacher, he went by there, this Bolivian man went by there, and he, and he uh, prayed with the man, shared the gospel with him. And that man got saved. He handed him a Bible. And left. And he said, you know, that was three years ago. He said, I'd like to go back by that village and see if he passed away or see how his wife's doing. And, and uh, so we got in a little boat, left the big boat and got in a little boat and went looking for that village. We got out there and when we got there, uh, went up to the store, same lady was there. And, and uh, the, the, the Bolivian pastor, he, he asked the lady, you know, whatever happened to your husband? And she said, you know, after that he had gotten saved that day, she said, he began to get a little better. He got a little better and a little better, and, and, uh, and the Lord just healed him. And she said, you know, right now, he's out doing the same thing that you're doing, going up and down this river, telling people about the Lord. And she brought us back in the back part of that village and showed us a... a, a a building that he had built, she said, every Sunday he preaches right here to a full house. You know, his doctrine may be messed up a little bit. He just reading the Bible. He don't. He didn't go to Bible college. He didn't have somebody tell him what he was supposed to preach, but he knew what God had done for him. He knew that God had changed his life and he wanted to See, God do the same for somebody else. You don't have to have all the answers. You just need to be willing to say, Lord, use my life. Use my life.
And God will do it. Let's stand tonight. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word that encourages us. That we can have total confidence in. That you're in control. God, I pray that you would just speak to the hearts of people tonight. Maybe there's somebody here that's struggling. Don't know what your will is for their life. God, just keep them moving forward. God, we ask you for your help during this invitation. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. If God spoke to your heart, I just ask you, come, come to this altar.